Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well, H. We've officially said goodbye to the NFL season with the end of Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs take that one out and we've also said goodbye to UFC 284 in Perth, Australia. Yeah, it's been a big week for sport in both the United States and Australia. We're going to get into it uh, very shortly, but first we're going to hit the socials. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. We're on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search. Any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com is the best way to get in touch with us, or you can slide into any of our DMs. You sure can, and we've got a special announcement today, H, and do you want to take us through um, what we've got on store and what we've got on offer at the moment? I would love to. So first of all, today's podcast is once again sponsored by Major Sports Collectibles Australia, your number one shop. Uh, number one stop for signed sports memorabilia. Get in early as they've begun marketing on products on Instagram and Facebook. Whether you're after jerseys, helmets, balls, or trading cards, they have everything on offer. So follow Major Sports Collectibles at Major Sports Collectibles on Instagram and Facebook. Now, this week, we're going to be launching a very special collaboration with Major Sports Collectibles as a joint promotion for both of our brands. Uh, so... We're going to be doing this in the form of a giveaway on our social media pages. Major Sports Collectibles are offering a $50, that's right, $50 discount to one lucky fan who enters our giveaway. So, to be eligible, you must follow both at Major Sports Collectibles and at Road Trip Sports Podcast on Instagram. You must like a joint post that will be posted very, very shortly um, from at Major Sports Collectibles and at Road Trip Sports Podcast. It's going to be a joint post. Uh, and you need to tag three friends in the post. Now, if the person you tag also enters the contest, so if anyone you tag also enters the contest, both you and your friend will receive a bonus entry. So you can get up to three bonus entries if all three of the people you tag uh, end up entering the contest as well. So it's very exciting um, promotion. We're very excited to partner once again with Major Sports Collectibles uh, on this one. And hopefully you guys get in, get liking, get following and get tagging. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I hope I get the win. But um, ultimately, if you do get that $50 uh, discount, then look, you could elect to uh, buy something that's already available on their shop you could elect to place a specific order if there's an item that you've so craved and um fifty dollars i suppose could go a long long way hedge what would be the uh the item the i think we've talked about sports collectibles before but what would be the sports collectible that you want the most yeah, it still remains the uh, Aaron Rodgers signed helmet, I reckon. I don't know about it. Like, I'm on the helmet game at the moment. I think they're a lot easier. You don't have to hang them up anywhere. They're dis- they're well, disposable, but they're easily movable. Ready to display, um, yeah. So, I think I'm on the helmet train. Maybe a signed uh, Aaron Rodgers helmet. What about you? Uh, it's got to be Dan the Man. Um, something Dan Marino would, uh, would tickle me. Um, a jersey, a helmet, a... Um, trading card, whatever it is, something uh, from the the great man Dan Marino um, would be my pick if I were to win. Unfortunately, I think we both are ineligible um, for winning this uh, promotion, but you at home are not. So make sure you get into it um, and follow both of our pages. Now, 
As we mentioned, it's been a big week in sport. And of course, it's one of the biggest weeks in our podcast because it is the Super Bowl. It's one of our big uh, sports we talk about. So let's get straight into Super Bowl 57. Wow, where do we start? The Eagles, they took off early, H, a dominating start. Um, they quickly got up and secured a, a halftime lead. But before we got there, we basically said before the podcast, uh, and well, on many podcasts previous, that the Eagles needed to come out strong. They did that. Um, Jalen Hurts looked good early. All a bit, a fumble ended up occurring. If that fumble doesn't happen, and I don't want to place... It's not like I'm placing the blame on Jalen Hurts. He had an absolutely outstanding game. That fumble doesn't happen, Eagles run away with it. Uh, I'm absolutely certain that the Eagles were dominating that game early. They had all the momentum, and that was the swing. And it kind of ebbed a bit before halftime. But if they go down the field and score there, they're three touchdowns up at halftime. There is no way the, the Chiefs are going to come back from that. Yeah, I, look, I agree. And I think that the Eagles, they established themselves pretty early. I mean, basically, apart from that fumble, it was pretty much a near-perfect game. Um, and, I'm, I mean, obviously, they had to force the issue a bit at times. Um, but the fact they were on top early, we sort of... It was just the script was playing out how we thought it would. Um, the Chiefs come out. We knew they'd score a touchdown after half time to make it. At that stage, it would have been twenty-one to twenty-four, Eagles in favour, and you, they just—you just knew it, they were going to climb back and continue to take that lead. You did, but it was—it was that big defensive effort that I think, like, like I mentioned before, that um, shout out to Nick Bolton—he returned the fumble all the way. Um, it's the greatest play in a championship games uh, by a Bolton since Troy Bolton uh, winning for the East High Wildcats. Um, That's terrible. <laughs> I had to get that in there, um, but. The big story late in the half as well was, of course, the Mahomes injury. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a storyline that I know you moaned and groaned about uh, while we were watching, but it did play a big factor in this game. Yeah, no, it, it was. Um, and he certainly looked roughed in that second quarter. But he's come back out. He's definitely and most definitely got needling um, to that ankle and it looked great enough to hold up for the rest of the game. Sometimes you see, I thought it was a pretty quick second half. Um, it was really quick, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think that ultimately that, that did play in the Chiefs' favour a little bit. If it would have went, if it would have been a passing game, um, look, both teams probably tried to suck the time out a little bit. A lo- both teams were really running the ball very consistently. Um, probably in the end, the Chiefs more than the Eagles, but... Both teams look to establish the run. You see, saw the Chiefs making a comeback by running the football. You don't see that often because a lot of times teams want to conserve uh, time as they make their comeback. They claw points back in a game, but they stuck to the run. They used utilized the run in a lot of big spots um, and got the job done there. Yeah, um, look, I, I think it was overall a fantastic game and... I, th- I think it went as expected. It was a high-scoring game. The Eagles got on top early. We knew the Chiefs would come back after half time. We just weren't sure of the end. And with about five minutes to go, it was up in the air. The Chiefs had the ball. They, they basically marched down the field, suck all the clock out, and um, it just ends there with a, with a questionable call, H. I think the biggest thing coming out of that game is the is the call, and that's been a lot of the talk. And we know Bradshaw's come out and said, look, I admit it was a hold. However, 
I don't think that needs to be called there. I think you let the... It, it was almost an all-time game. Like, if that game had a crazy ending, that would have been top five, even top three. Um, just the way that both teams played the game, everyone had their best game on the biggest stage. The call ruined the game. Whether or not technically letter of the law, I've seen the angle with the right hand, which shows jersey away from body. So by the letter of the law, yes, it's a foul. Should it have been called? Absolutely not. No, it was soft. And it's one of those things where, yes, it's probably a foul. You don't call, you don't see that call, I reckon, nine times out of ten. Um, it's just, it's not, it's not a call that you particularly love to see. Wide receivers have got a lot of freedom with their, particularly their space. It's already hard enough to have to guard when you can't even almost hand check them when you refer to like an NBA term. If you can't hand check those receivers, then really you basically at that point, you just feel them for space. And I know that he grabbed the hold of his Jersey, but it was very, very soft in my opinion. The biggest thing that, um, turns me towards it as well is that the, I think in that moment, the only time at that late stage of the game you call that foul is if it actively stopped a player scoring. If that ball's got to be catchable. The flag was thrown after the ball hit the ground. So you know that was in consideration. You know that that ref was waiting to see what happened. It wasn't catchable. There was no way he was making play on that ball. Mahomes just threw it up, probably because he saw the foul and he was pointing straight to it and doing the gestures and stuff. But it wasn't... It wasn't catchable at all. Yeah, I didn't think it was. It was it was basically the back of that pylon, and the hold was maybe five or ten yards out. Um, so, I mean, even in itself, it just didn't look great. It probably put a bit of a tarnish on what was a great Super Bowl. Now, you could easily sit there and argue that it should have been called. It, w- it was a penalty. This guy has come out and said that it was, you know, he's held him. Um, but I still don't agree with it. I think that we quite often um, go through a lot of stages, like particularly that, Saints um, championship game like alright well you just got to let let the boys play you know you can be a little bit more rough and we see one of the uh, worst no calls of all time and then you know it's, it's the complete opposite where we see a call that probably shouldn't have been made I don't consider yeah I agree however um, they do kick the field goal after a miss earlier in the day uh, Butker seals the win for the Chiefs the Chiefs win 38-35 in what still goes down as a pretty good Super Bowl, I'd say it is one of the top Super Bowls. It's just unfortunate that we didn't get that all-time ending uh, to go with the all-time game. Now, we we another Super Bowl, another ring uh, on the mantle of some players. Uh, we've got to talk about the legacy, and I think some legacies have been bolstered by this. Obviously, Mahomes is now in that two-ring club. Very exclusive club. He's also in the a very exclusive club of players to have won two Super Bowl MVPs and two NFL MVPs. Only Montana and Brady are in that club. Yeah, I, I think it's a great start. I think it, that's what it is. I think it's a start. I think that his job now for his legacy is to continue to stack up titles and awards and, um, and to show up in the big games. And I thought, you know, they showed a, gra- a graphic towards the end of the game, you know, QBR rating of the in the first two Super Bowls he played in of 69. He was about 130 in the one we saw yesterday, and I think he needed to play that well. Um, and particularly that run, he had the Super Bowl moment, that run to get down to the 20-yard line and basically seal the game for the Chiefs. So he had a bit of a moment in that game. I've heard it from a few places, but you can already see that run in slow motion with the NFL Films music playing behind it, the slow... 
um, moving music, getting behind as as that being the final nail in the coffin that sealed the Chiefs the win. You can really, I can already picture that. I can already see Paul Rudd narrating America's game um, with that moment underneath. But um, yeah, I think it's a massive legacy one for Mahomes. I think it's a massive legacy one for Andy Reid as well. I think getting that second Super Bowl win, he's almost top five as a head coach right now. Yeah, he would have to be. Um, I think it does a lot for Travis Kelsey. I think he's already on my Mount Rushmore before, um, but he's putting his name up there, and particularly his comparison for the end of time will be Gronk. Um, it, it's funny how players, Mahomes you know? and Kelsey are both chasing the two pa- the Patriots duo. Um, yeah, Kelsey will be forever chasing Gronk, and Mahomes will be forever chasing Brady. Yeah, and I think I think that's it. And look, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. For the last cut, for the last few years, it's been oh, is Travis Travis Kelsey going to regress? But his ability to to route run to create separation, Mahomes just needs to put it in an okay spot, not even a great spot. You because saw one he's of the got himself open early in the second half. Mahomes has thrown a ball almost hitting the ground. Kelsey's acted like it's just a routine catch to go down and get it and still rumble over for the first down. I think he had an all time game, and I think that. There are a few of those um, red zone touchdowns that could have gone Kelsey's way. I, there was definitely he was definitely open on the um, Kadarius Tony one. If he gets another touchdown or two in that game, he could potentially be arguing for that Super Bowl MVP, and I think that would be a big legacy one for him um, to get that point over Gronk. Yeah, I think so. And you you bring in Tony Gonzalez in that conversation and Antonio Gates. and I think there's your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you could probably go a few older guys, but particularly for us, that's probably our Mount Rushmore being a bit uh, more recent. There was a few players on the defensive end. Chris Jones looked very well, uh, very good. He attempted to stop that. QB sneak on a number of occasions by supermaning over the offensive line, but it wasn't enough. A bit OP. I don't know if they end up changing that come um, review by the NFL owners and whether they implement a rule that you can't push your quarterback in the back to basically get a first down or a QB sneak because it's almost um, unbeatable, especially when you've got that offensive line that the uh, Eagles do. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, well, that's it for our Super Bowl coverage. Um, Thank you so much for supporting us throughout the NFL season. Uh, we're going to probably go a bit cold on the NFL um, for a little bit, at least until we hit the draft and all the other um, big notables for the NFL. Uh, but make sure if you do want to know anything between now and then NFL related, send in those mailbag questions. Send them to at Road Troop Sports Pod or Road Troop Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Get in touch with us because we'd love to answer any of your questions if you have them. But we'll move on now to a very stacked UFC 284 card. Um, Ollie, you watched it live? I sure did. I um, watched, well, I watched a bit of the undercard, watched the main card as well. And we'll start off with our main card. This was our predictions. We had Justin Tafa to beat Parker Porter. Tafa did get the win there. Parker Porter, he did not look like a UFC fighter, a big bloke. Really? It's funny because uh, Tai Tuivasa gave his predictions before um, in like a Ned's betting video and basically he gave his uh, fight picks and he goes the lady that was interviewing him goes Justin Tuffer or Parker Porter he goes who? like who is Parker Porter? anyway he just didn't look like a UFC fighter but he's won a few fights but he got his absolute head punched in leaning forward like this throwing haymakers oh no it, it wasn't a great look but 
ultimately we get one there, one yep. from one. Um, next fight, we actually had a draw between Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menefield. It was a good fight. A, a draw. A draw. Um, a, pen, a point was deducted from Manifield because he had his uh, finger in the cage. Um, right, okay. So that basically led to the draw. Now, I'm more of a casual UFC fan, but do, we don't see draws often in the UFC, hey? No, you don't. It usually has to uh, encompass a penalty there, so yeah. um, or a point deduction rather. But that was a decent fight. Jimmy Crute handled him pretty early. Looked a bit gassed in the same... Um, could be said for a number of other fighters throughout the card but our next fighter we saw jack della maddalena beat randy brown pretty convincingly he's knocked this guy and he's landed head first you'll have to say it <laughs> smacked him in the head he lands head first and then just gets on top of him and submits him it was um really really cool to see that was a great fight um randy it was particularly good because randy brown was talking and talking and talking before the event and um Madalena basically come out and did it against his home crowd and the crowd was just ridiculous bro I had a um had a mate that was there and he absolutely loved it and he was a little bit ahead but he's like just bro I was like no spoilers but just give me a quick heads up when something happens in the crowd or you know listen out for this and he did and you could obviously hear when big moments were happening even just in the arena you know Tui Vasa or a special guest or someone famous would walk down and the crowd was just going crazy or they were singing um F you Islam and like all the chants and stuff which is really cool Islam's a wanker I heard that was certainly there um then the next fight we saw, Ayayi Rodriguez beat Josh Emmett. And look, I thought Emmett was a chance, but Rodriguez was so, so light on his feet. He was able to move around, um, dominate Emmett, really. And he just gave him so many different looks. It was so hard for Emmett to keep up. And Rodriguez got the job done. He wins that interim title. He set up for a win. Oh, he set up for a fight against Alexander Volkanovsky. Which will lead to the main event, H. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Makachev for the pound-for-pound and the lightweight title. Um, It was a great fight. I had it very similar to the judges. Um, So two judges had it. um, I believe it was Islam first, Islam second. Might have been Volk third, Volk fourth, Islam... Oh, no, sorry. um, Anyway, long story short, it was 3-2, basically to Islam very close fight with one with one round um, being particularly in question for a lot of people but I I I didn't hate the result I thought whoever had the title was going to maintain and that was ultimately what happened Um, Volk really took it to Islam there's already claims come out that Islam's um, basically had the drip on him the uh, IV drip to get his fluids up because before the fight he looked so drained so look we'll wait and see um, what comes out of that I wouldn't expect much but Great fight. Volk really put Australia's wrestling on the map. He stood up and a couple of times early, he was obviously held down by Islam. And um, that's a credit to Islam as a wrestler. But Volk's ability to get up, to counter some of those takedowns, to counter some of those um, attempts for submissions, that uh, jiu-jitsu and wrestling, it was just absolutely insane. And Volk ends up on top of Islam at the end of the fight, but just couldn't quite get the job done. Yeah, that's a fight I'm going to have to watch back. I, um, I've heard a lot online that the talk was that um, it was sort of one of those fights where it kind of edged um, Makachev just because he was the champ. And they, they, they say a lot in UFC, to become the champion, you've got to fully defeat 
the champion. You can't let it be 50-50 because if it's 50-50, they're going to edge champ. So, um, unfortunately, there for Volk, hopefully he comes back and maybe we can get a round two and, uh, and rematch this, run it back. But... 100%. Well, there is talk that there's going to be another UFC card in Australia. Um, I think Volk would have to do Islam justice by probably fighting over in Russia. I don't know that they would, they would do one in Russia, to be Not honest. At the moment. Um, but the, com- the comparison, more or less, or the, the ideal fighting situation would probably be Abu Dhabi or, or Dubai for Islam. So maybe it's there. Yeah. Um, as he's sort of, he's, well, we saw in the Oliveira fight, he had a great um, crowd support. But we we probably will see the next UFC card in Sydney is the talk, um, which we'd, would be really we'd cool. We'd have to go. We'd yeah, have. bro. We just got to get tickets. That was so hard trying to get tickets to 284. I, so. I feel like we'd probably be able to spend a bit more. This is probably off the pod chat, but I feel like we'd be able to spend a bit more because we wouldn't have to pay for the Perth flights as well. So, um, yeah, definitely would love to go um, and watch a card uh, in Sydney. But... Um, now we're going to move on to our next segment. We've been loving doing these drafts, and they've been absolutely fun to do. Last week's drafts for the results, it was split down the middle, 50-50. So the first draw, the first blemish on your undefeated record. Um, but I'm unfor- not counting as a blemish. I was about to say, unfortunately, <laughs> it's not the win that I wanted. Um, so I'm still trying to break the Undertaker streak, trying to be the one in, what is it now, three and one, it would be. Um, <laughs> eat, sleep, uh, beat the streak, repeat. Uh, so let's move on now. This draft, we're going to do Super Bowl halftime performances. So to make it clear when you're voting, you're not voting on the artist, you're voting on their Super Bowl halftime performance. So the quality of the performance, however you want to judge their performance in itself. And we're going to be talking about a little bit of the context of it all um, and how these performers um, perform. But... Um, we're rating the best halftime performances of all time. And we're going to start, I'm going to start actually, with hands down the greatest Super Bowl performance I've ever seen. Um, And it's by a man named Prince, who absolutely stole the show. Um, You'll see it on lots of lists of the greatest Super Bowl performances of all time. It was absolutely unreal. He held the crowd in the palm of his hands. He performed a lot of different covers um, of different artists, a lot of his own songs as well, including... Um, he. So he had his logo as the stage and it lit up all different colours. Um, the final song, as the rain is pouring down, he sings this emotional, moving rendition of Purple Rain. His stage is lit up purple. He's there absolutely slaying the guitar. Unreal performance and... Yeah, definitely the my favourite Super Bowl halftime performance of all time. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's number one here. Um, I think it is probably the best and the most renowned. Um, I think Prince did a very, very good job. Um, it's probably made even more famous since his death and the fact that it's probably one of his greatest performances, let alone um, one of the greatest halftime shows. So, and as you said, it just made sense. That epic guitar solo in the rain, it was almost like it was made to be, um, which is why it's going to be hard to follow up on that H. And I'm going to have to go with some something that, you know, meant a little bit to me. I wasn't born. I didn't see it live. The game was shocking, but the halftime show was absolutely unreal. And um, that was Michael Jackson performing um, in 2000, a long time ago now, 2000 and 
What year was it? I think it was 2003? No, 1993. Jackson was 1993. I'm off my head. 1993. And that that was um, at the Rose Bowl, which I remember particularly being in LA. Super, super performance. It was one of those... It was one of the first true breakout halftime performances before that it was a lot of marching bands it was it didn't have the pageantry um that michael jackson brought to it he is often credited as the person who invented or turned it into the spectacle that it is now and what a performance by the man yeah it really was and he didn't even have to go that deep into his uh, repertoire or it wasn't a medley but it was more you know he brought out a children's choir with heal the world you know that um, enormous globe inflated in the middle of the stage. That was really, really cool to see. This is where it becomes tricky. Uh, number three, I've got a number of different options here, uh, particularly some of them. Uh, some of them reminisce with me a little bit more. And just because I don't have enough time to think here, I've got to just go one of the most recent ones, and that is the uh, 2022 Super Bowl. Was it Dr. Dre? Is that what they've marketed as? Or you know, they ha- I think. So. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Um, I saw Mary J. Blyle on on a lot of the um, on a lot of the marketing as well. So I'd say, yeah, it's the tribute to um, West Coast rap. Yeah, hundred percent. And they, ha- if you didn't know, go back and check it out. But they had Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, uh, Mary, as you mentioned, Fifty Cent, and Kendrick Lamar. So it was basically uh, California hip hop. They showed that they knew how to party. A number of really, really cool songs, and you know, uh, they had Anderson Puck on the drums, so it it was it was really, really cool to see, and one of the most memorable memorable ones. I don't know if it's one of the most memorable ones because it's so recent, um, but it was particularly at the time. Everyone was saying one of the best ones that we've seen for a long time after a few years of some shockers. H. Yeah, um, definitely a great one there. Um, I'm going to go with next. I'm going to go with the queen herself, Queen B. I'm going to go with Beyonce. Um, big one. A big one. She's got so many hits. Um, she absolutely stole the show. Um, a Destiny's Child reunion uh, during the middle of it as well. It was iconic, and it was so iconic that it actually caused a blackout in the Super Bowl stadium that delayed <laughs> the game for over 30 minutes. One of the wildest spectacles in Super Bowl history. Um, I don't know if we can blame that on Beyonce necessarily, but she had an all-time performance at that Super Bowl. I think that was fantastic. 100%. You've got back-to-back, so what are you thinking here? Well, I'm going to go one. I don't know if it will be on your list, but it is iconic um, for so many reasons. I'm going to go with The Boss. I'm going to go with Bruce Springsteen. Um, classic performance. Kicked off with a very funny line. He, into the mic, he goes, put the chicken fingers down and turn the volume up and absolutely rocked the joint. Um, glory days, born to run. Um, he's an iconic American star, and I feel like he just feels like a Super Bowl halftime performer. He 100% does. Uh, this is really hard here. I'm going to go for one that was one that had a lot of context behind it. Um, and it was U2 in 2002. And the reason why I remember it, um, watching it back, you know, particularly five months after 9-11, they kick it off with uh, Beautiful Day. And it was a bit of a 9-11 tribute, which stole the hearts of uh, a lot of Americans. I don't know that it resonates as much with Australians um, and probably most of the people voting. 
U2 is still a very popular band and have got some absolute hits. Although, that said, the fact that they put songs on everyone's phone with Apple Music, I mean, everyone's <laughs> off U2 now, so um, maybe it isn't a good pick. But I'm going to stick with U2 um, from 2002, H. Very good pick there. Um, you've got back-to-back, so what is your next pick? This is tough. This is really, really tough, and... I'm going to go with a bit of an interesting one here. You may be surprised, and it's not up a lot of people's lists, um, but I'm actually going to go... I'm, I'm tilting and throwing, but I'm actually going to go... It wasn't too long ago. It was Jennifer Lopez and Shakira in 2020. <laughs> that was next on my list. And the reason why... <laughs> you jerk. I remember watching it with a couple of mates that, um, you know, particularly weren't big NFL fans and they were going, all right, well, uh, you know, here comes the the halftime show and we saw, you know, J-Lo on the stripper pole and we saw, you know... <laughs> shaking their booties all around and it was a sight to see for um every uh young male around so <laughs> that was very very cool to see and i know if anyone's voting um that i'm friends with they may oh, get the mate. vote there so and but also they had um they had bad they had Not bad bunny way. they had bad <laughs> bunny as well and jay balvin and they kept up with the the special guest uh mantra and i thought it was uh really really cool to see so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that and i'm gonna have to have a bit of a think now h because my last pick, I'm going to need to go for something different, I reckon. Yeah, so I, I've i got a few options here. I'm going to go with another classic, iconic artist. I'm going to go with um, Mr. the man himself, Sir Paul McCartney. Um, had an outstanding um, halftime show, including a fantastic rendition where the whole crowd was singing Hey Jude. It was instantly iconic from one of the greatest... Um, musical performers of all time who's still um, performing at such a high level I've got to go Paul McCartney there Um, and for my last pick to round out my team which I'm very happy with actually um, it's it's an interesting choice here I've got I've got a couple of directions I think the most recent halftime show honestly was pretty good I've seen a lot of hate online but I think it was very good. I think that um, Rihanna did a lot for for being pregnant. She did a lot in that performance. But I'm going to go to... A, I, I know a place where the grass is really green. I'll put it that way. Uh, I'm going to pick Katy Perry. I'm uh, Coming in on the line... It was actually in um, Arizona as well for Super Bowl 49. Uh, coming in on the lion, the gigantic lion... Um, to the song Raw um, she sang California Girls with the uh, famous now left shark um, dancing out of tune to the side it was a very iconic performance that's still talked about now I think Katy Perry is a great shout there um, and I'm glad she made up with Taylor put it that way <laughs> or you wouldn't have picked her absolutely not yeah fair enough um, oh I'm not sure I I'm tossing up between two and because I've got the last pick here I'll let you know I'm tossing up between Lady Gaga and actually Rihanna I thought she was decent um, oh, I've just seen enough hate where I can't go Rihanna like That's I can't if, if, if it was purely me picking I might have picked Rihanna yeah um, yeah I, I don't know I thought that Lady Gaga's performance was very very good so I'm going to lock her in um she caught she what she did what she did she caught a football she, she dropped a mic she did she, she jumped off, off the <laughs> stadium yeah. man how do you lead with that was, she jumped off the top of the stadium i was finishing strong um 
but she had a bit of a ballad similar to uh, Rihanna and it was more just her show and I thought she did pretty well um, and you know forget taking a bow or flashing a smile she basically just uh, said I'm out and and uh, and left and it was a, it was a pretty renowned performance I don't know if everyone loved it um, but recent enough where I hope it's still in a few people's heads yeah for sure um, well that rounds out our teams Ollie do you want to go through your team first I'd be happy to do that, H. I've got Michael Jackson. Uh, I've got the West Coast rap, we're probably going to call it. Um, we've got you, I've got you two, J-Lo and Shakira, and closing out with uh, Lady Gaga. Very good. Uh, my team consists of number one, Prince. Um, I've got Beyonce, Bruce Springsteen, Paul McCartney, and Katy Perry. So hopefully a bit of a mix of styles there um, to get me over the line. Let's see... Hopefully we can get the uh, first win for for Team Crook over here. Well, this wouldn't surprise me because I I don't know maybe I should just went for all the big names. I should have went for Jackson and Beyonce and then um, Katy Perry and Lady Gaga earlier because they're such big names. But we'll wait and see how everyone votes. This honestly, I feel like this might be, and I think I said might have said this last time, but I think this one is our most even draft yet. I feel like I could see it going either way, and I wouldn't be upset about it. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree. All right, well, like we said at the top of the show, today's podcast is sponsored by Major Sports Collectibles Australia, your number one shop for signed sports memorabilia. Make sure you get in early as they have begun marketing products on Instagram and Facebook. Whether you're after jerseys, helmets, balls, or trading cards, they have everything on offer. So follow Major Sports Collectibles at Major Sports Collectibles on Instagram and Facebook. And like we mentioned at the top, once again, this week we'll be launching our collaboration with Major Sports Collectibles as a joint promotion. Um, in the form of a giveaway on both of our social media pages. Major Sports Collectibles is very kindly offering a $50 discount to one lucky fan who enters our giveaway. Um, do you want to tell us about how to enter our giveaway? I sure can, and there will be instructions in the post uh, that will be available very, very shortly, which you must like. So make sure that you're liking the joint post between Major Sports Collectibles and the Road Trip Sports Podcast. To be eligible, you also must follow both major sports collectibles and the road trip sports podcast um, which is at road trip sports podcast and you also must tag three friends in the post so if you've done all of those things you've picked up your phone you've jumped on instagram and you've well you've fulfilled all those requirements then you're in the contest and um, if both you and your friend complete all of those requirements you'll receive a bonus entry as well both of you and your friend will receive a bonus entry which i think is a pretty good incentive for both of you uh to get involved and to make sure you tag people who you think would be a fan of both pages and you can get up to four entries in our contest if all three of your people that you tag um end up entering the contest as well that's four bonus entries um for yourself and hopefully you might score something for a mate of yours as well yeah, look, um, I think it's going to be a really, really cool thing to see. And I don't know how long it'll be open for, but get in early because um, we will let, probably let you know of the closing date in in the post itself. Um, we'll probably remind you of next week. We may remind you the next week, the week after that. But look, it'll be ending pretty soon and you want to get in early to uh, give yourself a chance. And you know what? It doesn't really hurt much. Who cares about your social media following? Um, <laughs> who cares about your ratio? Just get 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 um get a follow to both of those accounts and and get some uh friends involved as well it does help us a lot as well as it lets us promote to more people which means we can increase our brand we can increase our following we get 
more traction when we hashtag things um, to get our podcast name out there. We've done 55 of these now. Um, so we're continuing to build our brand, continuing to build our following. And we'd like to keep that going. So make sure you support the podcast in any way that you can. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Moving on to the mailbag now. Um, we have got our first question comes from Nicola from Elibana who asks, who should be the next Super Bowl halftime performer? Harry Styles, question mark. Yeah, I'm going to leave this to you first because I'm going to let you get out the obvious answer here. The one that you and everyone else that knows you knows you're going to pick next. My ultimate dream, one day, I would like to go to the Super Bowl. And at that Super Bowl, I would like to see the Dolphins play. And at the halftime show of that Super Bowl, I would like to see Miss Taylor Swift absolutely slay, rock the world. She will be the number one best Super Bowl halftime performance, guaranteed. You get her up on stage, she's going to rock that place, rock it to the ground. She's going to be absolutely amazing. I couldn't speak enough high words of her. I love her. (laughs) Oh, God. That was cringe. (laughs) Um, Harry Styles would be good too don't get me wrong yeah I don't know can I pick multiple performers like can we go uh, yeah let's just throw names out there can we go like a country ballad and like can we go like country can we go like Luke Combs and uh, Morgan Wallen I I could see Luke Combs doing it actually yeah Luke Combs could do it he's big enough to do it It, it's you'd need a couple of country artists I reckon Um, he'd probably like I reckon he could headline and and then get guys out with him it would yeah he would and it would probably suit Maybe a Super Bowl that's at the Superdome or somewhere down south. Um, Even as well. Tennessee is looking at building a new stadium once they get the new stadium. Having a country uh, medley in Tennessee, Whoa. I think, just uh, makes too much sense. Um, are there any other artists off the top of the head? Um, probably not. I mean, there'd be obviously big names we could go through, like Drake and um, look. Billy Eilish should do a big show, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, um, that'd be. A, I don't know if it. I think that'd be a big name that the NFL would want. Um, yeah, like you said, Drake could be a good one. Um, yeah, I, don't, I think they're the big ones. Uh, but obviously, Taylor Swift is probably the biggest artist that hasn't done it, other than maybe Drake as well. Yeah, maybe um, maybe we just have the Super Bowl in Australia um, somewhere and we have Australia's best artist. Shannon Noel. You know. <laughs> Shannon <laughs> Noel. Noelsy on the halftime show. Honestly, AC, though, honestly though it's, a, it's a crime that he didn't cross over as much to the US, but Robbie Williams doing the halftime show of the AFL would almost, like, should almost be on our uh, draft. That was an iconic performance, and if he did a Super Bowl halftime show, he would rock that place. Yeah, for many Swans fans, they don't actually remember the grand final, they just remember that halftime show, so it's pretty iconic for everyone. What are you talking about? Well, there wasn't <laughs> a grand final last year, it was just a really exciting uh, um, Robbie Williams concert on grass. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Next question comes from Daz from CM, who asks, who are some players to watch in the upcoming AFL season? All right, Daz, um, get your ears uh, perched nice and close to your phone or whatever you're listening on because I've got a couple here. Get your pen ready. Um, H might have to give you one and two, one or two if he's lucky. I'm particularly looking at those players and those teams that you think are going to get a little bit better um, as they go. I'm particularly excited to see, I think Tom Green has to have a better season for GWS without Tim Taranto and without Jacob Hopper. He's obviously going to get more mid-clock. Don't care about Essendon. Don't really care much about Adelaide. I'm interested to see what happens with Hawthorne this year. They've again lost Jagger Amira and Tom Mitchell. Um, So I'll be looking at guys like Josh Ward, Connor McDonald to step up. 
With Gold Coast, it'll be the year of the third-year breakout. We love a third-year breakout. I'm looking at guys like Matt Rao, Noah Anderson, um, to really step up. Harry Highpants, uh, Matty Rao, he, uh, he'll be very... I mean, number one overall pick. Everyone will be expecting him to really bounce and, and come strong. But Noah's almost been a better player than him to start his AFL career, so we might need to see a bit more of an outside game from Rao. Interested to see... In terms of a, a player, but more or less a matchup, I'm really excited to see Port Adelaide versus North. Ooh. I want to see Jason Horn Francis get his head belted off. That would be hilarious. He is going to get targeted something severe in that game. Oh, yeah. I'm keen to see the ball go after him. Um, you'll be keen to watch any uh, Carlton players, Daz, so I won't really give you any specifics. Um, St. Kilda. Oh, and then I suppose this is the top eight teams, and really it's those teams, particularly Brisbane, have picked up some older guys. You know, they've got Gunston, um, they've got Dunkley, Richmond, as I mentioned, have got, now got Hopper and Taranto, so they upgrade that midfield. Um, Collingwood, I'm interested to see Dacos. There's talks of him moving into the midfield. From Frio, they'll obviously have Nat Fife and Luke Jackson's now there, moved there from Melbourne. Um, Swans, Melbourne and Cats uh, All a bit They've got some new players But primarily they haven't got too many big na- big names That have come in Other than Grundy to Melbourne Which will see that duo between uh, Gorn and Grundy Probably easily the best in the league So there's quite a few um, If you take that It's almost one from every team uh, That's a pretty comprehensive Have you got a Swans one? Because I've got one if you don't If you're not um, I, I need to get back into the AFL I've been all in NFL Can you name me one then? If Will Gould doesn't get a game this year, I'm going to lose my nana. He he was one of the best players in the VFL last year for the Swans. Uh, back pocket. It's almost like Robbie Fox stole his thunder because he should have been in that um, best 22. Um, mm. It's got to be Will Gould. As soon as he gets a game, I'll be champing at the bit. Absolutely star player for the Swans. Um, VFL team and will be a star player for the future. I think they need to give him a game. Otherwise, he'll probably walk. He'll go to another club because he's that good. So Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, next question comes from Rob from Warners Bay who asks who have you got in the XFL well you start off first because I've honestly got absolutely zero care for this so I'll try and pick you the best logo in my opinion so give me your team first honestly I think it's important for the health of the NFL to have a reserve league you see it in every other you see the G League and the rise of the G League you've got the minor leagues um, in baseball CFL is kind of a reserve grade, but not really because they play different rules. It's not quite uh, got the same pop. I think it's important to have this XFL succeed. So, um, and The Rock posts all about it um, after the Super Bowl promoting. It's coming up soon. I'm going to go with um, the team that most represents The Rock, really, uh, the San Antonio Brahmas. Yeah, I don't know if I'm looking at old logos here. The I don't mind... Don't mind the Houston Roughnecks. Is that still a team? Uh, yeah. I don't mind Orlando just because they don't have a team elsewhere. Are they still going? Orlando Guardians? Uh, Orlando Guardians, yep. yep. They're, they're a team. I don't mind the Orlando Guardians. Their logos are all trash. Looks like they're being made on paint. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I don't think all of them are necessarily trash. They need to be like more 3D. It looks way too 2D. It just looks like someone drew it on a yeah. piece of paper. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think the Battlehawks have got a really good logo and they had a big following in the sort of half year of the XFL. But um, but yeah, I I hope it succeeds. It's It should succeed. It's got every... They they were doing well, like I said, before, before COVID hit, but um, we'll have to wait and see how this next one goes. 
100%. The next question comes from Peter from Wyoming. And he asks, best ad in this year's Super Bowl? Hands down, the Walter White, Jesse Pinkman, Breaking Bad ad with the um, corn chips there. Um, it was a spin-off of their, basically them cooking crystal meth in the uh, TV show. But it was really, really funny. Um, there, there was so many that were very, very good. There was lots of good ones. Uh, shout out to the um, the Flash uh, trailer. looked really good. With um, There was Keaton in there. There was Ben Affleck in there. And it looked like there might have been Christian Bale as well. You saw the um, the bike from The Dark Knight Rises. I think that was really good. I also really enjoyed the Pepsi ads with um, Ben Stiller and Steve Martin. Um, the Is it really good or am I acting um, ads? Um, but yeah, I thought they were the, the the ads are so good in the Super Bowl. They're they're awesome. Yeah, one hundred percent, and um, that was really really cool. I don't know that there would be too many more that I can think of off the top of my head. I just remember enjoying most of them, to be honest. I remember like getting disappointed when the game came back on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, our lock of the week now. Um, both of us lost our prop bets, so uh, I had. Um, J- uh, Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback to be shown during the National Anthem. It was Jalen Hurts. Um, you had the length of the National Anthem to be under uh, 127... Uh, sorry, to be over 127.5 seconds. It was, in fact, under just... Yeah, it was about it was about 204, so it needed to be 208. He just didn't drag it out enough. There was lots of opportunities from drag it out. He It was a slow rendition, but he didn't hold for those pause times that you see a lot of the singers do. Um, specifically, Land of the Free is one where they like sort of hold for applause a lot and he just went straight into um home of the brave whilst it wasn't long it, it was one of the best of anthems i've nearly ever seen his voice is terrific mate uh, th- that and whitney houston i think are my two favorite um super bowl renditions of the national anthem that was unbelievably moving the country guys um uh, take another win Absolutely. Um, well, we're going to have another lock off this week um, as we move into the NBA All Star Game next week. Uh, I've got Team LeBron. Uh, who have you got, old? I've got Team Giannis. The teams are yet to be decided yet. Um, they're going to do it like a, almost a little draft before. A couple of days before they do that, it might even be the day off. So we're really just coin flipping, aren't we? <laughs> we really are. With that said, LeBron's won. Um, he's two and zero against Giannis yeah. uh, in the All Star game. So I mean, there's that little edge. LeBron loves to win. He loves to stack up um, legacy builders. Giannis doesn't want to lose. He's already come out and said that. So I'm hoping that he comes and rallies his team a bit more. You know, LeBron's a little bit hurt, so. Um, after he's broken that record, he's sort of just uh, looking to chill out for a little bit. And I think he'll enjoy All-Star Weekend. Maybe not as serious as, as he usually would be. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but that is it for our podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support. And we would love your support in our upcoming contest. Um, so make sure you like, uh, you follow both of the, our at major sports collectibles at road trip sports podcast like the shared post the joint uh post and tag three friends so you can enter in that competition yourself um also you can follow us on all of our socials we're on facebook instagram and tiktok at road trip sports pod uh we're on youtube road trip sports podcast is what you need to search any inquiries you've got if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast if you would like to come on the podcast yourself and have a chat with us um make sure to get in touch road trip sports podcast at gmail.com or you 
you can slide into any of our DMs. That's at Road Trip Sports Pod. Enjoy a weekend uh, and a week pretty light on sports. Um, we'll have the All-Star game, so enjoy that. Enjoy the All-Star weekend festivities. Nonetheless, um, we've officially hit the end of the NFL season, so we'll uh, chat more about that next year. We'll, we'll start to progress into some early AFL and perhaps NRL chat as that preseason's going on. Absolutely. Uh, well, we hope your team wins. Uh, there's no one who we're supporting this week, so we just we just hope your team wins. Hope you have a great time, <laughs> uh, and we will see you next time. See ya.